0: Internet of Things security. Yes. How bad is it, and what can we do to improve it? I'm Matthew Schwartz, executive editor with Information Security Media Group, and I'm speaking with Cameron Cameron Kemp.
1: a security researcher with ESET North America. Is the sky falling? Right. And so um, we've always taken the approach that, no, the sky is not falling. Um, And I I think there's a lot of hype in the the marketplace. I think from a visibility standpoint, um, you need to understand what it takes to drive the bottom line. How aware do you need to be? Um, how read are a lot of the threats, I think, are, are the metrics that you want to look for. And, so, and, and specifically, what can you do about it? We're not here to say the sky is falling, and by the way, we have no idea what to do about it. From a manager standpoint, you need to look at the trends that are increasing, the number of attacks on IoT, the number of kinds of attacks on IoT uh, are increasing, but certainly the sky not falling. It's easy to say that they doubled last year when there's not very many of them. But I think they go into different classes of attacks. For example, the ability to co-opt millions of IoT devices and then launch an attack on your organization is something we certainly um, need to think differently how to solve that problem. You you know, if you get a DDoS attack and it comes from a network hub, then there's sort of some things we can know about that. If you get one that suddenly comes from everywhere and is uh, multi or multiple hundreds of gigabits, that's a real business impact. And I think that's where we start to say, what can we do? What should we do? And how can we best protect not only SMBs and home users, but the fallout from that in the business standpoint, in the large enterprise standpoint. Very few networks can withstand a 600 gigabit attack, and very few networks at core can withstand that. So you have... The prospects of network segments failing, certainly we care about that relative to IoT. Is there
0: anything that organizations should be doing differently today to help defend against these kinds of attacks, if they should even be thinking about defending against them, depending on what kind of organization they
1: are? I think the first thing to know is that if you get attacked, um, have a relationship uh, with your upstream providers. (laughs) is obvious that may sound to people in the IT kind of on the front lines. I think it's less obvious coming from the C-suite, from the managerial aspect that. Many of these situations come from, in the end, guy one on your organization calling guy two, who's his buddy at major network provider, major network intersection, saying, here, hey, here's what we're seeing. You need to have that relationship. You need to cultivate those kinds of relationships. So they understand what your business imperatives are. If they, if they understand your business, they can know what, what it means to you and what the potential impacts are to you, and specifically what steps, what parts of the puzzle need to come together quickly, uh, so you have to prioritize your disaster recovery, your mitigation, so such that you can continue to do business quickly. And less important uh, aspects of your business, are more or more less time sensitive, less um, uh, revenue sensitive, can you can triage for now, and then and then deploy later as you get resources.
0: So that's defending against DDoS attacks. So that's yes.
1: dealing with a DDoS attack sure. all out, having those relationships yes. in
0: place in advance, picking yes. up the bad phone, yeah. having the corresponding bad phone the go off. The bad phone. Yes. Now, what about with IoT in general, Mirai botnet, for example, all of these devices that are being built that are showing up, DVRs, CCTVs. And they never die. And they never die. Who would, who would replace them?
1: <laughs> well, so that, that's interesting. And I, In fact, there's, an, there's a restaurant in my hometown, that had about a 10-year-old router protecting uh, a motel, chateau, gift shop, and high-end restaurant. Uh, this, this router has essentially no value. Uh, the only reason they have it is because it hasn't quit. And, and my fear is that uh, there's a lot more of those type situations than we'd like to see. The way they found out about it was a, a, an issue with PCI compliance. Had they not had to, P- to pass a PCI compliance you know, for taking credit card information, it would still be there. And so you have a very old, what, fleet, I guess, of uh, routers that unless they actually burst into flames, they're not going to be replaced. And so the, it's only now that the that the manufacturers are having to um, kind of come to terms with how do we do meaningful updates. And so um, that's a way to start to go forward. Uh, from an attack surface standpoint, there's lots and lots of vulnerable uh, machines out there and uh, it's, it's going to be customer awareness, which is an uphill battle to try to get rid of those machines. Um, but we do what we can. You, know, you win in increments. You win. Security gets better and better and better, you hope. And there's no such thing as perfect security or 100% security. There's better and better security that makes it more and more expensive to attack. And that's what we can do.
0: The latest Windows operating systems, also Apple iOS devices, seem to have a relatively reliable and secure manner for getting those devices updated. Obviously, we're not talking about a $10 CCTV there, but there are some update channels that seem to be available. That's technology. On the legal side or the policy side, perhaps, I've heard some plans mooted that maybe ISPs could be held accountable for the security of their routers.
1: And in fact, in the UK, and this comes to mind specifically but EU in general, has more of a kind of a consumer focus, uh, I would say privacy focus, than the U.S. market. And so um, we're hopeful that that sort of thing can be uh, pushed down to more and more people, perhaps through the ISP. On the other hand, ISPs argue that it's not my job. Um, so I, I've heard of ISP saying, yeah, great, we'll get right on that. Send us you know $500 per incident, and we'll look into it, because basically they don't, uh, in, a, in, a, in a market that's tight and scarce, especially for resource, resources and research, like research bodies, uh, there just isn't enough to go around, and they have to prioritize, and so ISBs resist it. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. IoT is, we're starting to see a spike now. They're looking for the killer apps, and I think they're starting to find them. And so this next year will be very interesting in terms of manufacturer response. Obviously, the government is actually putting pressure on IoT manufacturers now, and so that's interesting. How will they respond? and what will happen, and will we all be safer or not as much. That'll be really interesting to, to see this next year.
0: But not to talk long tail, we're still going to be dealing with the legacy of having failed to come to grips with this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, A year from now, two years from now, restaurants are still going to be running very, very old routers. And maybe not care because they say, I haven't been hacked yet, I must be okay. So the sky is now falling, the sky things is not are falling. getting better. You, the things are getting better. You can still use your mobile device uh, and, 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 and just keep an eye out. Keep your spidey senses up. You'll probably be, probably be fine, and that's good.
0: A bit of security optimism from Cameron Camp with ESET. Yes. I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Thank you for joining us. Good to be here.